Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fifth Down. I'm your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? Happy Halloween Eve. Happy Halloween, trick or treat. Feels like it's going to be that way. It is spooky. It is going to be deserted out on the streets. I mean, (laughs) it's going to really seem like Halloween, you know? You're going to hear the leaves crippling, you know? But, hey, it's for the best, you know? So stay home, watch your Halloween marathons. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Same here, you know. Be safe, people. But, you know, if you if you really feel a need to do something different, you can always listen to our podcast tomorrow night, you know. It'll be it'll be up by the time Halloween hits. Um tonight we have our fantasy uh show. We're gonna go over this weekend's games and kind of um go over, you know, some fantasy relevant guys and some waiver wire pickups because man injuries are really piling up um not only in our league but just in general you know uh, michael thomas i think we need to put a bolo out on him because uh, you know the saints are just playing stupid and refuse to answer any questions about him but come on the hand, first it was the ankle now it's a hamstring all of a sudden after the the ankle was was healed up what is going on in New Orleans? First, there was Kamara that was on the trade block. Then he got a big contract. After Michael Thomas had gotten a big contract, and now Michael Thomas is the one that supposedly is on the trade, trade block. Uh, has Sean Payton lost his team, guys? Um, you know what? Uh, winning cures a lot of things. Uh, I think they're just keeping it wrapped. So we'll, we'll probably hear about it at the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to see if they start losing, if, if things start to unwrap because, uh, you know, something's definitely going on. It's already week, week eight and he's, he only played in uh, week one. So, I mean, I think there's, uh, you know, there's some dysfunction. I mean, he got into a fight with one of his teammates and um, I think he, uh, he's not happy with the, the, the direction of the team. So uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he plays next week and uh, we get to see him. You know, I don't blame him. He probably wants Winston in so that, you know, he can air it out to him. <laughs> I mean, shoot. I wouldn't want Noodle Arm Breeze thrown to me either. That's true. But, you know, let's 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 delve into to week eight. I mean, it's crazy to think that we're already eight weeks into the season, you know. Teams keep getting hit with positive COVID tests, you know, just uh, – uh, I believe the um, Indianapolis got hit with some, and um, the Raiders have been hit, and now the Bengals too. Um, but it seems like, you know, it's status quo. The games are still going to be played. Um, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, I'm fine with it. We've gone this far. It's really all about, you know, just paying attention to what's happening the day of the game. Um, especially with COVID, you really have to be wary about, you know, because a player can just pop in the morning of, and you may have to head to the waiver wire to see what you can get out there. Uh, stay real flexible. And, I mean, especially this week, um, you know, time's moving back. I don't know if people are going to be – I don't know if they're going to be as up-to-date, especially the day after Halloween. So really keep an eye on, on the waiver wires um, as any Sunday. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think the NFL is doing a great job with the, uh, the COVID testing compared to uh, Major League Baseball. Um, and uh, it's one of those things where they're staying on top of the testing and, and they're, you know, the most important thing is they're, they're uh, you know, they're being proactive about it. And, um, you know, they're, they're shutting down p- the players who um, test positive and, and they're, they're putting them in quarantine. So, uh, but definitely, um, you know, especially with the injuries on top of the COVID, you definitely have to be on top of the waiver wire. Yeah, and the Vikings for the other team that I missed, they had a linebacker test positive. Um, but yeah, definitely waiver wire is your friend. Um, so this Sunday, um, have some interesting games. Poor uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I have to go to Cleveland, Ohio in November. Um, it's probably going to be cold. Um, no OBJ, so who can we trust in that Cleveland uh, – why do you see them core? Yeah, for this game, I don't know if there's anyone you can really trust outside of uh, Jarvis Landry. And when we're actually looking at the game, it's going to be a bad weather game. Um, you know, chance of rain, 25 mile per hour sustained winds, gusts up to 40. Um, going to be 40 degrees out there. Um, it's looking like it could very well be a running game. Um, if that's the case, you know, fire up Kareem Hunt. And Jacobs. Um, Jacobs, yeah. I I mean, it's one of those things where I really pay attention to the weather. And, you know, especially if there are some players you're really uncertain on, like a Higgins or, you know, um, Bryant, uh, Bryant out there yeah, for Cleveland. But I, I think the only viable receiver, though, is going to be Landry. Okay. And, you know, Junie did touch on this before, um, but maybe you can elaborate because I think it was – we weren't um, recording at the time you brought this up. Um, Mayfield seems to do better without Odell in the field. Um, so does that mean that guys like uh, Richard Higgins and Peoples-Jones can maybe be added to that list with Landry uh, of viable targets? Yeah, in this game, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a lot of tight end um, and a lot of uh, uh, cream hunt. Uh, but in the, in the next up-and-coming games, I think they can be a factor. Uh, like what we were talking about, Mayfield um, doesn't have to think as much when um, Odell is on the field because when, when you have a superstar like Odell on the field, you want, you, you want to give him touches. And when he's getting double teamed and he's not open, then all of a sudden, your second and third options, you either forget about them or you don't look their way. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're getting sacked. So for uh, Baker, I think for the rest of the season, I think he's going to perform very well, especially with um, Nick Chubb coming back in uh, week 10. I, I feel like with, you know, with their team, they're, they're a running team. So at the end of the day, you know, they're not going to pass 50 times. It's going to be um, it's going to be a, a dose of Kareem Hunt and and Nick Chubb, so in that aspect, Baker Mayfield, I do think he'll perform better. Uh, but going back to um, what Brad was saying in terms of the targets, um, I think this this is a big game for uh, uh, Darren Waller. I feel like this is the perfect game for Derek Carr because Derek Carr doesn't have a strong arm. I think he's a more uh, accurate guy. He's more uh, mid mid range to um, to uh, 
passing to his running backs. So I think uh, Darren Waller has a big game. Uh, and then also uh, Josh Jacob was on the ground. So definitely going to be a running game. It's, I don't think it's going to be exciting, uh, but it's going to be a smash mouth football game. Yeah, I think the yeah. over under on this is a, a 51 and a half, you know, implied point total. Yeah, Browns 27, Raiders at 24 and a half. I definitely take the under in this game if the weather turns out ugly. Um, yeah, I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into this game. Yeah, outside of Waller and uh, um, Jacobs, in that wide receiving core, it's it's hard to really um, find someone um, that you can trust week in and week out for the Raiders. But Nelson Aguilar has actually been pretty consistent this season. So, I mean, if you're desperate, you you have some guys out either with injuries um, or on bye week, you know, he could be someone to look at in the um, waiver wire. Um, and yeah, Derek Carr too, you know, he could be a good streaming option. Um, he doesn't throw many interceptions, doesn't commit many turnovers and he tends to find his, his guys more than the opponent. So he could be a good streaming option for one week. Um, moving on the Patriots and the bills. It's so crazy. You know, we're used to seeing that the opposite way, you know, the Patriots are usually the team with the winning record. And the rest of the NFC, AFC East tends to have the losing record. But the Patriots are 2-4. and four. Um, Can we trust anybody on the Patriots roster fantasy-wise? James White might be the only one. But, again, you know, just touching on weather, um, doesn't look like this is going to be a very good passing game for weather. Anyways, also, you know, 25-mile-per-hour sustained winds. Um, Temperatures in the 40s. Definitely keep an eye on it. If it gets better, you might be able to put some stock in in, in uh, the passing game. But as of now, I don't really put stock in uh, in James Dwight for uh, for New England. Um, I disagree. I, I think Cam has a bounce back game. I think he um, I think he hears the criticism. I think he. The best part about Cam is that he he is accepting of the criticism and he understands what he has to do in order to turn it around. And I I don't think uh, the combo of Cam Newton and Bill Belichick is done this year. I think they um, they actually beat the Bills uh, this Sunday um, with a dose of Cam Newton, um, Damian Harris, um, um, all the running backs, um, and. I think, uh, you know, I, I think the over-under, for the over-under, it's 41. And I, I think they, they definitely um, stay underneath that total. Um, but I do, I do feel like the, uh, the bad weather games benefit the, the, the quarterbacks with the stronger arms, like uh, Josh Allen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Allen has a good game because um, he's, he probably has the strongest arm in the league. Uh, so definitely going to be an ugly game. Uh, a lot of running. Um, I expect uh, Singletary and uh, Moss to um, have a big workload in terms of the Buffalo side. Um, in terms of uh, the receiving side, uh, Stefan Diggs. Um, I could I could definitely see him having a big game with uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, and if um, John Brown is out, you know Cole Beasley and Gregory Davis could be good um, option for the for this for this week. Um, Josh Allen definitely always a must start if you have him. Um, Cam Newton, I, you know, Buffalo's defense has not been 
that great this season. So um, Cam Newton might cause some trouble. So if you have him on your roster, definitely play him. If he's available, definitely pick him up. I mean, I know he's uh, – He's he's rostered in like ninety two percent of the league, so you know it's it, he's not available in many places. But if you have him on your roster, I would definitely consider starting him this week, because like you guys said, bad weather games favor the running game, and Cam Newton he can run. So I think um, there will be a lot of running um, by both of these quarterbacks, and like you guys said, the good thing they're both deep at running back, they don't have a number one, but they have a lot of um, depth. So there will definitely be a lot of running in this game. Um, moving on, this one could be a very high-scoring game. Um, Tennessee at Cincinnati. If Burrow has proven anything, it's that they're going to put up points. Um, they haven't won very many games, but you know they're competitive and they're scoring a lot. And Tennessee has actually been more of an offensive juggernaut this year than expected. So um, I definitely am excited to see what that receiving stack of Cincinnati can do with Burrow and what Derrick Henry and, and Tannehill can put together in this game. Um, some other names that come to mind for you guys? Um, I'm looking at um, Boyd. I think Boyd is is probably Joe Burrow's favorite uh, target. He's his go-to guy. He he averages between uh, ten to twelve receptions a game, um, or targets a game, uh, which is pretty high. In terms of uh, the running back, uh, G- uh, Giovanni Bernard is always a good option, especially with uh, um, Mixon being out. I think he'll definitely um, put up some points uh, for the fantasy owners. Um, in terms of the Tennessee side. Uh, A.J. Brown is hot right now. Uh, he's probably the hottest yeah. receiver right now. Um, he's definitely a must-start. Um, also, uh, Jonu Smith. Uh, Jonu Smith had uh, an injury in week six, and he didn't play very well in week seven. I expect him to bounce back um, in week eight versus the Bengals, which give a lot of points up to tight ends. So if you have Jonu Smith, definitely start him at your tight end position. Yeah, I mean, just taking a look at this game, this is one of those games, again, you know, just briefly touching on whether it's on the verge of being a bad weather game. Keep an eye on it. Um, if the weather turns, turns, turn, uh, calms itself down, it should be a very good passing attack. Um, when you take a look at, since, at Tennessee, they actually do give up points through the air. So I wouldn't be afraid of playing any of those wide receivers, um, especially – you know, A.J. Green, he's seeing a lot more production. He really only has value in PPR leagues. Standard scoring, I wouldn't be as uh, I wouldn't be as thrilled to start him. And, you know, Tennessee side of the ball, um, you're obviously starting Tannehill, Henry, um, A.J. Brown. Um, definitely keep an eye out for uh, Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys and take a look at, you know, who is filling the slot in the exterior position because they do bleed points to uh, to downfield burners. So, you know, whoever gets that role on, on any given play, that, that could be who uh, who cashes out for them. You know, obviously Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, if you have Giovanni Bernard just starting him, gets a lot of passing work. Um, hopefully it's, it's one of those high-scoring games. Uh, fantasy football-wise, they do have it pretty – they have it set pretty high, 53.5 over under. 
What do you guys think of Higgins and AJ Green? Are they must starts as well? Um, I'd be I, I'm higher on Higgins than I am on Green, just because like I said, Green's not going to get you the yards. Uh, he's going to get you the receptions, but the yardage isn't going to be there. I think Higgins he has the opportunity for yards, TDs, and uh, you know receptions. Yeah, I think Higgins is the uh, the one. The, the number two receiver on Cincinnati, and I think he's filling that, that A.J. Green role um, that A.J. Green wanted, but he, he just is not living up to the, the standards of A.J. Green. I don't think A.J. Green has a good game this week. I think he comes back down to earth, especially with Cincinnati having a bang, banged-up offensive line. They give up a lot of sacks as it is, and um, this week they're missing their left tackle, their center, and their right tackle. So, honestly, this might be a tough game for Joe Burrow. He might have to do a lot of quick passes uh, to the backs or even to the tight ends because it might be rough when it comes uh, to that offensive line. Yeah, so we'll definitely have to keep our eye on that. You know, missing three starting offensive line is never good. They're, they're not, their offensive line isn't good as, as it is. And now yeah. they're missing their starters. So it's to me that that might be the difference in the game. Yeah, including their um, first-round pick, Jonah Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, moving on, we got the Colts at the Lions. The, this one, you know, it's not really a game that jumps out and says, ooh, exciting. But um, you have two teams that are playing solid. They're both in wild card contention. Um, who can we trust in this game? Outside of Galladay, and, um, and now it seems like DeAndre Swift – is there anyone else on Detroit's team that can be trusted? Uh, TJ Hawkinson. I think if you have him at tight end, you can definitely play him. Uh, you know, tight end isn't a it, – it, it's not a great position this year as his previous years. So if you have him, I think you can start him with uh, confidence. Marvin Jones? No, I'm just kidding. The, the, only, the only person outside of Matt Stafford, Swift, and Galladay that you can start is, is their kicker, Prater. Prater is a dome kicker, and he plays um, Minnesota, who plays in a dome. Um, they play in a dome as well. So I would always refer to getting kickers that, that, that play in, in domes because the games in bad weather conditions, the kickers are going to be um, – pretty much excluded because of the wind conditions. Which uh, is so why Prater. Which is why I have Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> Rodrigo. The goggles. goggles. The goggles, man. The best kicker in the game. The goggle man? The but goggles. Yeah, you know, just bring it back to Indianapolis if we're, if we're looking at, at that side of the ball. The, you know, obviously in a dome, so weather shouldn't be an issue. Um, 50 points over under think they give the edge to the Colts by three points um you know on the Indianapolis side of things I think there's only three players that you can start Jonathan Taylor he he hasn't been performing but you know he'll give you that running back to floor it's a safe floor um I'm I'd also be looking at Trey Burton he's been good at the tight end position the last couple of weeks and obviously if you if you have either the the defense or Rodrigo, you'd want to you'd want to start either of them against Detroit. 
Um, that's the only players Indian app on the Colts side that I would be looking at. How how is yeah. T.Y. Hinton leading the the team in rece- receptions and yards right now? Is that how bad they are when it comes to passing? Because that guy is has been a no show this whole season. I would know. He's on my team. <laughs> Someone's got to get the work. Um, unfortunately, yeah, they have been very efficient. Um, you know, the passing game just hasn't clicked for them. It hasn't clicked at any point in this year. Well, they are just lucky that they have Rodrigo Blankenship <laughs> to save the day. Goggles. Goggles, baby. Moving on, division game, you know. Vikings are 1-5, but we know that they they always put up a fight against the Packers, especially since they were embarrassed at home in week one by the Packers. Um you know that they're going to want to come out aggressive. And then you got Kirk Cousins fighting for his starting job. So something's got to give. I mean, Jordan Jefferson has come on, come on as of late. Um, has he kind of evolved into the number one for Minnesota? Uh, no, I think it's still Thielen. Um, you know, Jefferson just feels the digs roll. Yeah, Thielen's, Thielen's definitely the number one. I mean, he's getting the uh... – the best corner he's getting the double teams and I think Jefferson is just benefiting off of that so but I do think Jefferson is probably one of the best um, rookie wide receivers to come out this year I mean he's definitely showing his um, his worth uh, 28 receptions 537 yards three touchdowns definitely solid um, but yeah I definitely think Thielen is still the number one then you know you have Dalvin Cook coming back in this game you you have Jamal Williams stepping in for a second week in a row for Aaron Jones on the Green Bay side. Um, you have Devontae Adams, who had a huge week last week. Um, you have Devontae. Um, no Lazard yet. So who's going to step up and, and take over those targets, you know? Um, that's what I've been waiting on. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see it this game. Uh, again, just touching on weather. Um, 30 to 25 mile per hour sustained winds. Uh, it's going to feel like it's 20 out there. Um, I don't know if, if any team is going to be flinging it. We could see a lot of wide receiver end arounds, short passing game, and a whole lot of the running game. Um, obviously, Aaron Jones doesn't look like he's going to play. The calf injury looks like it's more serious than, than initially speculated. He might be out. Um, I believe he might be out next week as well, because um, I think they have the Thursday game. Um, if if I if I'm not mistaken, yes. um, <clears throat> yeah. So he might be out for that game as well. So if you have Jamal Williams, you know, you, you three weeks three weeks where you can start him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's looking like Jamal Williams and Dalvin Cook might be all of the work. I don't know if Cook's going to be on a on the snap count. Um, yeah, I, I'd really be looking at the weather on this one and temper, you know, your expectations if you are the Thielen Jefferson owner, even the Devontae Adams, you know. You may not get 20 or 25. You may just have to settle for, you know, that 10 to 15 range. Interesting. Um, Dalvin Cook is actually questionable. So I, I know there's reports earlier that they said he was going to play, but now he's questionable. So I'm wondering if that hamstring is acting up again, or the groin is acting up again. So 
that's well, something well, to, to definitely watch for. And, you know, the same thing, too, with the cold temperature that, you know, when you have groin issues, hamstring issues, right. those things tighten up in the colder the weather. So, you know, they might not be willing to put them out there if they think he might uh, re-aggravate that injury. Right. And, and once again, cold weather, wind, it, it benefits the, the, the quarterbacks with the strong arms. And I think Rodgers is definitely one of those quarterbacks with the strong arms. So, yeah. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of Tanyan. There's going to be a lot of Adams still. Um, and then obviously Jamal Williams. Yeah, and then Kirk Cousins, you know, he can fling it. His biggest problem has always been that he tends to throw it more to the opposing team than his own team. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens this week. You know, I'm sure he's going he's gonna to be under a tight leash of, you know, not making early mistakes. Yeah. Um, if, yeah. If. If you guys need a tight end, a sleeper tight end, Irv Smith is a sleeper on the Minnesota Vikings. He, his last two games have been um, pretty good. He's been pretty active, and I see him uh, getting more targets. So if you guys need a tight end, Irv Smith is definitely a sleeper. Especially in PPR leagues where, you know, maybe um, the yards aren't quite there, but maybe the targets are, so you would still get good point value. Um, moving on, the Chiefs have a scrimmage this Sunday. They host the, the New York Jets. Um, and they just announced for the Jets that they will not have Jamison Crowder or um, Rashard Perriman. Rashard Perriman. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it really puts a dinger on any hopes that they had of not looking completely incompetent out there. Um, so they don't have Le'Veon Bell anymore. You don't have your two top receivers. I mean, man, if I were Sam Darnold, I would wake up with more pain in that shoulder again. Yeah, the uh, yeah. The, the line is right now is um, minus twenty for the twenty and a half for the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, Vegas, everyone thinks this this game is going to be a blowout. Um, I personally think it's going to be a blowout. Um, it's going to be uh, Le'Veon Bell's uh, coming out party. I think he is going to uh, terrorize them uh, with uh, Clyde with Hilaire. Um, I think they're, they're they're definitely going to get uh, split time, and I think yeah. uh, Le'Veon is going to make them pay. 50-50 split this week because they're going to want to give Le'Veon that time on the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, taking a look at this game, uh, the game could very well be over. Um, you know, at the first quarter. Right, so it's over we, already. It's over and it didn't even start yet. It could, it could very well be. And if that's the case, <laughs> um, I would really temper your expectations with any of the pass catchers out of Kansas City. Yeah, because they so might. When you take a look at the game script from uh, against Buffalo, they really committed to running the ball. You could see a heavy dose of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell and, and maybe that's even really, Williams. Especially if we have a halftime score of like 35 to 3 or 35 to 7, something like that. I mean, you could see a situation where Mahomes just kills clock third quarter and then uh, Chad Haney comes in in the fourth quarter. I don't even – I mean, if it got out of hand that early, I don't even know if Patrick Mahomes would play in the second half. Um, yeah, Kansas City-wise, you know, you hope it's – if you're a fantasy football owner of any of their players. You hope it's a closer game just so you can get more production. Um, doesn't look like it's going to be that way. On the New York Jets side of things, um, 
you know, no Brashard Perriman, no Jamison Crowder. Very, I'd be looking at uh, Denzel very, Mims. And the, Barrios. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Barrios. I, I'm not as excited about him. I'd, I'd really just take the chance on, on the volume. He's like that Cole Beasley type, you know. Um, at least from what I saw earlier in the season when Perriman was out and Jamison Crowder were out, um, Barrios, you know, he wasn't getting like two touchdowns. He wasn't getting 150 receiving yards, but he was getting volume. He was getting, you know, seven to ten targets a game. So he will get looks, especially if those guys are out. Mims is the higher upside guy, but if you what you need is like a floor guy to just get you a consistent eight to ten points this week, Barrios would be the guy I would look at. Yeah, and now moving on to uh to a game with two competitive teams. Um, we got the Rams at the Dolphins. The first game um, for the new starting quarterback of the Dolphins, Tua. And I will try to say his last name, but I, I know I will butcher it. So um, what do you guys expect from, from Tua? Um, I expect Tua to be uh, calm, cool, collective. Um, I think he is going to be more of a game manager in this game. Uh, I think the Rams are a very uh, a tough team to play against, especially because they are good against uh, the run. Um, they're also good in the past game, too, uh, with, um, with Jalen Ramsey and us. Um, why, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, their defensive tackle. Um, oh, so. Donald. Donald, yeah, Aaron Donald. So. I think Tua, I think Tua is going to have a decent game. Uh, he's going to rely a lot on his tight end, um, Gasecki. Um, he's going to rely on the run game. He's going to try and get the run game going early. I think that, that the um, the script is going to be uh, you know it's going to be one of those things where it favors Tua's uh, Tua's game, and I think he's going to um, he's going to run a lot as well. So um, I don't see them winning. Um, honestly, um, it's going to be it's going to be a very tough game, but. Um, I do think he's ready, though, with this being week eight. I think he's he's had a, plenty of time to study and to learn the game, and uh, and now it's just putting him in, though. Should the owners of Devontae Parker be worried? Uh, yeah. If you are any pass catcher for the Dolphins, you should absolutely be worried because you don't know what Tua is going to do. Um, what I expect from Miami Dolphins is a heavy dose of the run, to keep Tua upright and keep him safe. Well, you know he has an injury history. Um, the last thing you want is for him to get banged up. First play of the game, especially with Aaron Donald in the middle of that D-line, he could absolutely do it. Um, I, I think they're just going to lean extremely heavily on Miles Gaskin. If you're the Miles Gaskin owner, fire him up. I think he's going to get a lot of work, especially in the passing game. You know, we... If you have Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, um, we don't know what to expect um, out of them. He could very well favor Isaiah Ford. Uh, we have no footage out there. And, you know, on the Rams side of things, um, run-heavy team. They've yeah. proved it through, you know, this entire – Three-starting running backs on that, on that team. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know if they're all starting caliber. They really seem to, you know, just pick which one they're going to favor for the week. I, I don't know if you can start anyone with, with 100% confidence. 
Um, it's likely going to be a Daryl Henderson game if I was to put money on it. Um, we aren't used to seeing this amount of uh, volume to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They, they definitely were getting more when they were in, you know, 11, 11 formation. Um, so, yeah, definitely temper your expectations there. And on the tight end side of things, um, Higby out. If he's out, I'd definitely pick up Everett as a, as a tight end that you can stream. If both of them are active, I wouldn't touch any of these tight ends. But one of them's out, pick up the other one. Now, be, between a guy like um, Gesecki and, and a guy like, um, for example, let's think of um, Eric Ebron with the Steelers, who do you guys think would be a better play for this week? Gesecki, because of the matchup. I think the, um, the matchup with the Ravens is going to be tough for Ebron. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be a defensive game, and and uh, I think if you have running backs or tight ends for both teams, I think it's going to be very tough. And it's fun. Yeah, because that brings us to the what I think should have been the Sunday night football game. But, you know, it has a 10 a.m. starting time, whereas our, we're stuck with Philadelphia, Dallas for Sunday night football. But it's Pittsburgh at um, Baltimore. I mean, it's a division game. You got the 6-0 and Steelers at the 5-1 and Ravens. This is for first place in the division. It's crazy that, you know, it's not nationally televised. Um, but, you know, you got Lamar Jackson. You got Ben Roethlisberger. They're both playing solid. I mean, they both have deep running games. Um, who can we trust in that passing game in, uh, from that receiving core in, in Pittsburgh? It seems like, you know, one week we're sold on Claypool. And then the next week he gets no catches. And then Deontay, Deontay Johnson goes from irrelevant for a couple of weeks to once again, three touchdowns. So who can we trust? Uh, the only one you can actually trust is Deontay Johnson. The only time he hasn't been relevant was when he got knocked out due to injury or when he was just a scratch due to injury before the game. Um, when you take a look at the targets that he has gotten on full games that he's played, he's clearly their number one. Um, if you're looking at it from a volume perspective, the only one you could really trust is uh, Deontay Johnson. What about Juju Smith-Schuster? It seems like he hasn't had a big game this season. Should we temper our expectations of him as a wide receiver one? Yeah, if you went into this season thinking he was a wide receiver one, uh, you really you were sipping the Kool-Aid or you bought into the hype. You know, he was at best wide receiver two. Now we're looking at, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four territory. It's really going to depend on the matchup. You know, if Deontay Johnson's out, Chase Claypool's out, it bumps up their value. Um, it's the same thing when with Chase Claypool. When either of them are out, Juju or Deontay, you know, I'd fire him up. And then on the Baltimore side, you know, you have Mark Andrews. He is Lamar Jackson's best friend um, on the field. But can we trust Hollywood Brown as a, as a must start? No, you can't. You can't. I mean, this team's figuring it out right now. And, and um, this matchup is very tough. It's, it's, it's a, um, it's a division game. 
Pittsburgh, in terms of their defense, uh, they only give up 68.8 yards a game, passing yards 246, um, and they only allow 19 points. So in terms of in terms of the matchup, I don't think this is uh, Brown's breakout game. Um, I think they're going to they're going to try and get you know their um, their tight ends involved. Andrews um, a lot of short passing. Um, and then I, I think you're going to see a lot of Justin Tucker. I think this is going to be a, a field, field goal game. I think it's going to be physical. Um, and I see the Ravens winning because uh, Harbaugh is really good off, off bye weeks. Um, and I just see them uh, pulling it out. Yeah, I sort of have a different view on uh, on this game. I, if, if, if Baltimore can be exposed, I think they can be exposed at the wide receiver position. When you take a look at the points they've given up, they gave up uh, – Pittsburgh, oh, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh is the one that you can really exploit. Um, Pittsburgh in, yeah, in the first like game. It did to them, you know? Yeah. Uh, they gave up uh, 28.2 to, to Slayton. Uh, Judy got 10, 10.2, Cobb at 19.5, and, and then they gave up that 31-point game to Fulgham and then a 27-point game to Brown. Um, if we're looking at the Steelers side of things uh, – I'm sorry, the Baltimore side of things. You, I think you can definitely fire up Marquise Brown. If there's one guy that I think can take them, take every single point from them, it, it, he's the only guy on the Baltimore side of things. Have to wait and see. Should, uh, to me, it's going to be the game of the week, but um, yeah. I'm, the other, unfortunately, we're not getting it on prime time. The other thing to take note of in this game is uh, – Mark Ingram, it doesn't look like he's going to play. Um, it's looking like you're going to have two backs in this game, J.K. So Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins? All Gus the people Edwards. Um, we don't know what this backfield is going to do. If you take a look at the backfield as a whole um, and average it out, they'll give you 100 yards on you know 16 carries and a touchdown fantasy football wise that's a great game you know that's something you can work with but then when you realize that you have to divide that by three players you sort of don't want any piece of that backfield this might be the only time you can fire up jk dobbins or gus edwards if you have them sitting on your bench if you're hurting for you know someone to fill that running back position if you have either player definitely consider it Next, we have um, another division game. Man, it seems like it's divisional Sunday. Um, we got Chargers at the Broncos. Um, Brad, what's the weather like in Denver? Um, it's not going to be as bad as last week, uh, so you can actually count on, you know, some some sort of passing attack um, from from either team. I don't think there's going to be snow on the ground, um, so you should be good weather-wise. Okay. I guy I want you guys to help me try and figure out is Mike Williams. This guy one week will get like 10 targets, get you like two touchdowns, and then the next week we'll get like two targets. Like we know Herbert's airing it out, airing it out. Why is Mike Williams not getting the consistent targets? Because he's not consistent. I would not touch Mike Williams with a 10-foot pole. He'll have a Amazing game, just like we did it a couple weeks ago, and then he'll goose egg you. He, he won't give you any points. Herbert goes to Keaton Allen. He targets anyone, everyone, except for Mike Williams. So 
It's tough. I mean, Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. Um, I believe he is is probably um, going to be the rookie of the year this year um, in terms of the offensive side. Um, and he does a good job of spreading the ball. But for some reason, Mike Williams disappears. And for me, that's a reason why I wouldn't even touch him. Yeah, Mike Williams is one of those guys when if you take a look at it from a fantasy football point of view, you know, you don't want him on your roster because he is unpredictable. He's a boomer bust type player. And in fantasy football, it's all about being predictable and knowing what you're going to get. Unfortunately, you're not going to get that out of Mike Williams. From a football point of view, Mike Williams is great. I mean, he stretches out for all the balls. He's he's competitive. He may not have the the gaudy numbers that you're looking for in a wide receiver. But, man, to, if, if you're looking for a wide receiver, I would, you know, I definitely want him on, on my actual football team. Fantasy football team, no. Real football, yes. Okay. Um, what about between Justin Jackson and Kelly? Who, who can we trust more out of that backfield? Uh, you know, it's looking like a 60-40 split. Um, we've had, you know, the last game against the Jaguars where Justin Jackson was banged up. I thought that that played a role into how much work Joshua Kelly got. Then you take a look at the game in, in, uh, against New Orleans where Justin Jackson looked like he was the better back and got the majority of the work. Um, you know, I'm going to side on with Justin Jackson because he is the veteran. He's going to have more experience, and that's probably where they're going to lean. He also looked better. Joshua Kelly, still being the rookie, he could absolutely fumble it and might be benched. Um, if if I had both running backs and I was forced to choose to start one, I'd go with Justin Jackson. Okay. What about Hunter Henry? Um, you know, it seems like in the beginning of the season, he was a must-start. He was on that must-start list, but he, he's not really getting the, the looks. Um, you would think that a tight end would be a, a young quarterback's best friend. Why is he not Justin Herbert's best friend? I know Keenan Allen is a target hog, but you would think that Hunter Henry would be right there with him. Uh, observing his game, watching his game, and, and, and last, I know last week I said he's going to explode and he, he's going to um, pr- produce, but I, I feel like he, he the, the intangibles aren't there. In terms of you know, the physical attributes, they're there. He's tall. You know, he's fast. But in terms of ball awareness, in terms of um, running routes, I just don't think he's that great. So for me, I, you know, observing Hunter Henry more, I just don't think he, he can be an elite tight end. He can definitely be a serviceable tight end. He's good at blocking, you know, and he'll, he'll catch balls here and there. But in terms of a sure thing, I, I just I don't see it anymore. Yeah, and the tight end landscape, um, he's definitely one of those guys – you know, he's not going to be the upper echelon, uh, but he's definitely one of those tight ends that I think is right around that 8 to 12 range in terms of tight ends. So he's not really going to compete with the Kelseys, with the Kittles, with the Wallers. And especially in this game, um, I don't think it's going to be a good matchup for Hunter. Um, you take a look at what Denver was able to do against tight ends. Um, the best game was from... Jonu Smith in week one, he had four receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, that, that was the best game that, that you were able to get from a tight end. You take a look at what they were able to do against Travis Kelsey. Yeah, sure, the weather played a, a deal. 
but three receptions on 31 yards. Gronkowski, six receptions on 48. Um, yeah, even Eric Ebron, you know, they held him to three to 43. So Denver's likely going to keep Hunter Henry in check. Um, if you're playing him, you're hoping for a TD. That's the only way he's going to uh, to hit his projection. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be – and like you guys said, you know, it's a divisional game. Both of these teams, you know, it's a must win if they want to remain in that wild card race. So it's going to be hard hitting. Um, Denver plays hard on defense, and the Chargers play really well on offense. So something's got to give in this game. Yeah, um, and on, we, we on also the you got to wonder, is Drew Locke going to start throwing touchdowns? Or, you know, I, I mean, great for Brian McNamara's owners, but, I mean, man, you know, they got to start throwing some TDs at some point. You know, he's got some weapons. I mean, he has Tim Patrick. He has Jerry Judy. Why is Jerry Judy not taking off? Jerry Judy is being locked down for treating him like the one, and Tim Patrick is really benefiting from that. Um, yeah, I mean, Drew Locke. Teams are just going to expose him and take advantage of him for what it is. Um, Denver Broncos side of things, I, I only see two players that you can start on this roster. Melvin I'm Gordon supportive. due to Philip Lindsay and uh, Noah Fant. Those are really the only teams that, that I think are serviceable in, in this game from a fantasy football point of view. Uh, Noah Fant, I think he'll have closer to 60, 70 yards and will likely um, get a touchdown especially when you take a look at how many touchdowns the Chargers allow to the tight end position. Uh, they allowed one in week two to Kansas City. They allowed one to O.J. Howard and one to Cameron Brait in week four. And then Jared Cook again in week five. So they can definitely, they can take advantage of that. Noah Fenton looks like he should be able to get into the end zone. Interesting. Um, moving on, we have the Saints at the Bears. Another game without Michael Thomas. Man, Brad, you know, all the Michael Thomas owners should be really upset. This is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I know the the initial injury was pretty severe. It was a high ankle sprain. But when it seemed like he was well back from that, he punched his teammate. So then he had to miss a game. And then, like, he injured his hamstring once he was back allowed to uh, train with the team again. We we touched on it a little bit earlier, but man, without Michael Thomas, can should we touch any of these other wideouts on the on the Saints roster? I mean, they're pretty banged up. Look look like uh, they were bringing up a practice squad player for this game. Um, don't really know. Uh, really, I'd only be looking at Camara as the only valuable pass catcher for the Saints. You. Jared Cook has upside, especially with Thomas being out, but it's really only those two. And then on the Bears side, um, we um, Foles doesn't have his number one target. So what does this mean for Miller um, or and Mooney? Um, should they be must-starts, or is this going to be a rough game for, for Foles in that offense? I think it's going to be a lot of the same. Um, a lot of David Montgomery, um, maybe Jimmy Graham this time, especially uh, playing against his old team. But I feel like with Nick Foles, I don't, I don't see 
I don't see the chemistry with with him and the receivers yet. Um, the only one is Allen Robinson, and he's out for the concussion this week. Uh, but I, I expect if you have David Montgomery, I think he's a must-start. Um, he's definitely going to get a lot of volume when it comes to carries and catches out of the backfield. Um, but in terms of the receivers, I just don't see Mooney or um, um, the other receiver being a good Miller. option. Miller, yeah. Being a, yeah, um if you had to pick between the two, I'd go Mooney. It looks like he's getting more targets when compared to Anthony Miller. Um, I, I personally view them, you know, wide receiver four, wide receiver five range. Um, really only playable in deep leagues. Chicago Bears, you know, it's David Montgomery and Jimmy Graham. That's all I'm looking at on that side of the ball. Their defense as well, but... Yeah, I'd be really hesitant on uh, on Mooney or Miller. And you know, before we move on, um, if you're if you're the other thirty one teams in the NFL, would you be looking into whether Michael Thomas is truly on the trading block, or would you not touch him? I believe you call in. You have to do your due diligence and call see what they're see what they're willing to take. Um, low ball them, you never know. They could be very desperate. And if you could score Michael Thomas on the cheap, why not? I, I just don't see Michael Thomas being low balled, especially with um, the Patriots giving up a number two for uh, Mohamed Sanu last year. I think they are going to ask for a King's ransom if he, or if yep. they want to trade him, you know, and it's one of those things where, um, yeah, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're Washington, if you're San Francisco, if you're these teams that need like a, a number one receiver, I would definitely give them a call and, and, and see what they want, especially if you have the cap room. You know, number one, you have to have the compensation. You have to have the draft picks. And number two, you have to have the, the cap room. And if you're a team that has a high cap room or enough money to sign him, lock him down because he's definitely worth a number one pick. Hey, Tampa Bay, if you're listening, you know, I know you guys only have three uh, top wideouts, so, you know, keep stocking up. Bro, you, you can trade Scotty Miller and yeah. and um, OJ Howard for him, right? Would that work? Yeah, plus maybe one one first rounder, not two. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going anywhere though. I think uh, yeah, we'll we're we're likely looking. But is he going to play? Oh, I think he'll play. Um, when we don't know, he could. So, do you guys think that this hamstring injury is legitimate? I believe there's some legitimacy to it. And, you know, there's some other things factoring in. I'd say, you know, if you can get six games out of uh, Michael Thomas, consider yourself lucky. And when you consider the draft capital you spent on him, likely a late first round, mid first round, early second round, um, you know, you're sort of, you're extremely disappointed with it. Yeah. I think it's, it's uh, legit. It's just, I think, I think there's a lot of question marks that we talked about at the beginning of the show in terms of, you know, getting into a fight, getting suspended, you know, all of a sudden now you have an ankle injury when you were, um, when you were, you were rehabbing. So for me, I, I think there's a, there's a mix between it's a real injury with he's a diva, you know, and, and, and receivers are divas. I mean, it's the position where, you know, like the TOs and, you know, the Des Bryant's, it's, yeah. it's one of those positions where, you know. I mean, on a, 
on a much lower scale, we saw Devontae Adams tweet that he was out of Monday Night Football and he sounded like a grounded 10-year-old, you know, like, oh, you know, <laughs> I told him I'm not going to get to play. Sorry, guys. You know, he, he uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you listen to what your team tells you to do. Right. Uh, so, yeah, something's got to give there. He, you know, hopefully he's back. I mean, you know, we want to see. Uh, he's return. definitely playing in week nine versus, versus AB. He's definitely yeah. going to be. I guarantee you he will play versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Or they will get slaughtered. Yep. Well, they're going to get slaughtered either way. I mean, I don't see the Bucs losing again this season. (laughs) Um, Moving on. Oh, Brad's uh, hometown uh, San Francisco 49ers travel to Seattle. This should be an interesting game. Jimmy G, you know, last week – he personally didn't have a very good game against New England, but they won, and that's what matters. Um, uh, he had a very good game the week before against um, the Rams, so something's got to give. Is he a viable starter this week as a quarterback? As a streamer, absolutely. Seattle bleeds points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. You have to take a look at it. The only thing is we we don't know – what their actual game plan is. Um, they're, they're really efficient uh, through the air. It, again, it's going to be an extremely close game, a divisional game. Um, for both teams, we don't know what to expect out of the running backs. Um, we, we don't know what the workload's going to look like. But, yeah, I think Jimmy G is a starter. If you, uh, if, if you have to stream a position, it's a favorable matchup against Seattle. Is Brendan Ayuka must start? Uh, Debo Samuel being out, I would say yes. Uh, Debo really devalues him. Another interesting start in this one is Kendrick Bourne. Um, we all know that Seattle bleeds points to wide receivers. Um, Kendrick Bourne looks like he's going to be more of the deep passing attack in this offense with Brendan Ayuk filling the Debo Sam- Samuel role. It wouldn't surprise me if Kendrick Bourne caught three touchdowns in this game and everyone tries to pick him up on the waiver wire. Seattle's been that bad to wide receivers. What about Tevin Coleman? I'd, I'd personally avoid him. I'd avoid that backfield because you don't know what to expect out of it. Yeah. Last week, Jarek McKinnon was supposed to have a big game, and apparently he was scripted out of the game before it even started. He, it was a planned resting day. But he didn't, you know, tell anybody about it because, you know, fuck his fantasy owners. Like so, fatigue, yeah. man. Like fatigue is real. Yeah, but that definitely uh, that backfield is tough to predict on a weekly basis because you don't know if, you know, you don't know if the guy who can catch better in the backfield is going to be the one with the high usage or if they're just going to run it, run it, run it, run it. You know, so Brad's right. It's it's very hard. Outside of mustard, it's very hard to predict those other guys. Well, well, the thing with the running backs is that they, they're having success with anyone who they plug in. So wouldn't you expect Hasty to have a big game, especially going up against a defense that can't stop the run? Yeah, if he's if he's the one, though. But if Coleman is cleared, there's been reports that he might – be used uh, heavily in this game. So it could be where he is a primary back and Hasty is a secondary back. So it's so hard to predict who is going to be the number one guy in that backfield. 
Yeah, and let's not forget the backfield includes every other player on that offense. They run wide receiver end around. Kyle Juszczyk is involved. George Kittle is involved. I think Reed might be back. Um, you don't know what to expect out of backfield because they line up in so many different formations and hit you with so many different players. Um, you could very well see Brandon Ayuk get five carries in this game. Kendrick Bourne get two. Kittle might very well get three. We don't know what to expect. Um, it's going to be a close game. It's a rivalry game. So I expect a lot of, of you know, haymakers out there. And then on the Seattle side, I mean, we saw what Lockett did last week. I mean, um, do can we expect another big game like that from him, or should we temper expectations in terms of, like, targets? Temper your expectations. Yeah, temper it because they have two studs at wide receiver. So I, I expect in this game a lot of DK Metcalf um, and a lot of, um, of, of the running game. Um, I, you know, talking about um, a, a, a question at the backfield, I mean, you have Chris Carson, who is um, looking like he's not going to play. You have Carlos Hyde, who has hamstring issues, who is doubtful to play. And then now you have Trap or Homer now with knee issues, and he is uh, questionable. So if you are in need of a, a RB2 or a flex uh, position player look at uh, look at DJ Dallas um, especially if he will if he's going to be the only back in the backfield for Seattle um, I expect this game to be high scoring um, I think Seattle is going to um, uh, be dominant in the air and I, I feel like if they if they if they want to beat San Francisco they have to run the ball as well so I think uh, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of mix between uh, run and pass for Seattle yeah, the one thing to take note of in that backfield is, uh, and, you know, we talked about it briefly uh, with coach speak with San Francisco. Um, a whole lot of coach speak from Pete Carroll as well. Whenever I hear so, a, a player is a game-time decision, that to me signals that he's not going to play unless something miraculous happens. So with, if you're the Chris Carson owner, I'm scratching him. He's not going to play. Um, the one thing that I do want to point out is uh, we go back to last week, Seattle, Arizona. Um, the game was actually decided by DJ Dallas and his inability to pick up the blitz. Um, it was something that, you know, if Hyde was in there, he would have done. Carson, he would have done. With DJ Dallas, um, if he is a liability in the pass protection game, I expect him to be pulled. Uh, maybe put in a tight end or another offensive line. Yeah, that'll be definitely interesting to see. And then finally, huh, the Sunday night football game. You got the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you have CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. Plus, you know, the, the, a solid tight end, Dalton Schultz and Ezekiel Elliott, and the quarterback is Ben fucking Danucci. Who the fuck is this guy? Can anybody tell me where the fuck he even went to school? Uh, James Madison. My point proven. <laughs> no one knows who the fuck this guy is. And yet Colin Kaepernick doesn't have, no, doesn't have a fucking team. 
Ben DiNucci, start of the week. Pick him up while you can. Uh, this dude is the next Patrick Mahomes. He is going to light the league on fire. Um, I'm projecting him to have like 20 touchdowns in this game. Hmm. So remember where you heard it first. Ben fucking DiNucci, man. Who the, who's, the, who's even the backup? Uh, you know, that's a good question. They could very well need him to play. Um, I, at this point, don't know. Uh, I expect a heavy dose of Zeke in this game. Um, the only wide receiver that I can even see being usable would be Amari Cooper. Um, everything else on that Dallas offense, unfortunately, you know, I am avoiding. Um, so does this mean Ezekiel Elliott should finally have big game or is he going to continue with more of the control issues that he's had throughout this season? I think it's going to be mediocre, but the volume's going to be there. I think, you know, 15 points is within reason. I don't think he's going to go off for 40. If you told me hit 22, I wouldn't be surprised, but, you know, I'm expecting 15, 15 points. What about on the Philadelphia side? I mean, you know, you got Greg Ward, you have Fulgham, um, Rager is back, um, Richard Rogers, and Carson Wentz. You know, do you need anything else? I mean, Miles Sanders is out, so Boston Scott, plug him in. Uh, another guy, you know, if, if I don't think he should be available in many waiver wires because, I mean, he, he fits that Miles Sanders role pretty well. Um, so he should be picked up in most leagues right now. Um, is this going to be a blowout? Pretty much. Yes, it's going to be a big blowout. If you have any Philadelphia players that are named Carson Wentz, Boston Scott, Fulgrim, and Richard. yes, Jalen Rager. This, this will be Jalen Rager's breakout game. He had a thumb injury that sidelined him for, what, four, five, six weeks. And now he's going against the worst defense or one of the worst defenses in the league. And I think he will have his coming out party. And I, 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 will, I, I see a lot of Carson Wentz to Jalen Rager um, in this game. Yeah, uh, this should be, should definitely be a forgettable game. Um, not for Philadelphia fans. They're going to enjoy it thoroughly. But Dallas Cowboys, I mean, you've gone from Dak Prescott to Ben fucking DiNucci. Just, <laughs> uh, I mean, just. Listen to that fucking name. Does that sound like the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys to you guys? That sounds like they got the guy from IT from the, you know, and, and they told him to put the pads on. Brad, maybe you can be the backup. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> you, you, no, have thank you. you have knowledge of the game. I feel like you could spread the ball. Uh, I don't want a concussion. Don't want anything. <laughs> um, listen, t- t- they're having a fire sale. Um, Dallas is really sending some warning shots, everyone. You take a look at the players that they just traded uh, and p- players that they've let go. They're telling these players to, sh- you know, ship up or shape out, uh, shape up or ship out. Um, this could be the fire that they need. Um, I, don't, I think it goes deeper than that. I think it's a coaching issue, a cultural issue at this point. Um, yeah, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of no-namers out there. Hey, Washington football team, you wanted Amari Cooper. He might be available. You know, hey, you know what? And you might be able to get him for a second-round pick now this time around. 
Because I don't think Amari Cooper wants to stick around to catch balls from Ben fucking Danucci. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but that's just fucking ridiculous. Sunday Night Football is going to be headlined by Carson Wentz against Ben Danucci. Yeah, the NFL didn't really, you know, they, they won the because it's the fucking game. Cowboys. I mean, last um, week they they flexed out the Bucks and the Raiders on the possibility that the Raiders weren't going to have an offensive line. And you know the Ra- the the Cowboys don't have an offensive line. They're all on IR. They're down to their their twenty seventh quarterback, and they they keep getting blown out. They got blown out by the Washington football team that is trying really hard to be a top top pick for for Trevor Lawrence. And they as hard as they tried to lose the game, they just had to beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys were that much worse than them last Sunday. That's how bad the Cowboys are right now, and yet. The NFL did not, did not flex this game out. Why? Because they're afraid of Jerry Jones. Because Jerry Jones would have, would have fucking chewed them out for taking them off prime time. And, but, hey, it'll be fun seeing Jerry Jones looking down on that field watching Ben fucking Danucci throw the football. I think this is a great game for any NFC East team other than the Cowboys. I think it's going to be a slaughter. And I think uh, I think Carson Wentz is going to put it on them. And we, I sure hope so. And you know, but hey, nothing's going to probably make Jerry Jones uh, change. So if if it being down to Ben DiNucci at quarterback doesn't make him change, I don't think anything ever will. But that moves us on to our Monday Night Football game: my Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New York Football Giants. Hey, if the Giants win, they would be a game out of first place in the East. So this, a, this is a must win for them, you know, to stay in that race. Um, it's uh, no no Godwin, so that means Evans is a must start this week. Um, you have the Gronk playing really well. And then, you know, Tyler Johnson and, um, and Scotty Miller, they kind of uh, – they're harder to predict. Brady will find them, but it depends on how – how much Brady is throwing. Cause there's some games where, where they're heavy run, you know, and now, especially now that they have Leonard Fournette back, um, it seems like definitely like a 60, 40 split. Um, but what do you guys expect, especially from that backfield and outside of Mike Evans, those other options at, at receiver for the bucks. I expect a domination from the, the bucks. I mean, I think they're gonna they're gonna focus on getting uh, Fournette going. Um, I see Mike Evans capitalizing on uh, No Godwin, um, getting maybe two two touchdowns, and um, I don't know. Scotty Miller is a, uh, is a is is Jekyll and Hyde. You know he'll have a really good week and then you know he'll disappear, and um, it's not going to help when AB comes to town uh, next week um, and and take his position pretty much. So um, I, I just see uh, Tampa dominating. Uh, they, have, they have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, New York is not that great. And, um, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I think Bucks get the win. And, uh, you know, Brady uh, Brady's going to throw anywhere between three to four touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, on Tampa Bay side of the ball, I mean, this is such a lopsided matchup. Again, when those games could be over by halftime. And you're not going to get a lot of production out of, you know, the wide receivers. Um, Godwin being out, it's looking like a weak injury. 
maybe maybe too. I, I I think I think he should be okay with the uh, with the I believe it was a fracture uh, on his finger. Um, but yeah, if we take a look at at uh, just Tampa Bay, I think it's going to be a heavy run running game. Ronald Jones and uh, Leonard Fournette um, probably probably going to get the bulk of the work, um, especially second half. Um, Gronk, I think, should have a serviceable game. Um, Brady, I, he's been on fire. I, I, I don't think he's going to have, you know, five touchdowns, four touchdowns, but probably two or three. And on the New York side, um, Danny Jones has been kind of up and down. Um, he's got his favorite target back in Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram has been anything but a guarantee. Um, Slayton has had moments. Um, the running back, the that backfield is a is a mess with uh, Devontae Freeman and uh, Wayne Gelman and um, Deion Lewis. I mean, we know how good the Bucks are against the run. Um, do you guys see a guy like Sterling Shepard maybe being like the the fantasy bright spot on the New York side? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... Tampa Bay can be exposed at the wide receiver position when you take a look at, uh, I mean, they, they are really good defense. But when you take a look at uh, what other teams have been able to do, Nelson Aguilar put up, you know, he, he had quite the game against him. What was it? Uh, five, five receptions, 107 yards and, and, and a touchdown last week. And then, you know, Devonta Adams is held in check, but he had a serviceable week with uh, six receptions, 61 yards. Would have had more if if, if uh, they didn't pull him. Uh, Robinson, 10, 10 receptions on 90 yards. So it, Sterling Shepard should have a serviceable game. If you had any doubts about starting him, I don't, I don't think I don't think they're warranted. He'll definitely get enough volume to keep him relevant. Yeah, I mean. The Giants are a mess. Um, this is what we can take from this. Um, Saquon was definitely the heart and soul of that offense, and without him, I mean, I like Jones. Don't get me wrong, but he—he just—he's a guy running for his life most of the game. You know, he—he he runs well, but I mean, literally running for his life because the pass protection is not that great either. Um, and Tampa Bay has a great pass rush, so I think it's going to be more of the same for him. He's going to be running for his life for 60 minutes. Yeah, the uh, one thing with Daniel Jones, um, if he is playing, I would be careful of the turf monster. Um, can just come out of anywhere and tackle you. Uh, great 80-yard <laughs> run, you know, ruined by the uh, turf monster. Uh, even his teammates couldn't help but laugh at him on that one. Great I run, mean, though. Great run. The only, the only thing that could stop him was the turf, and it did. <laughs> but is that not, like, kind of a symbol of the giant season? Yeah, I mean, I think we were expecting more, unfortunately. You know, this is what – Yeah, but it's sort of fitting. New York and the NFC East, you know, it's just one of those things where I, – I, I'm not expecting much from them this year. Yeah. You know, a good note to end on. The New York teams are 1-13 and 13 this season. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Not good. Yeah. That's, um, that's, what, that's what's been produced out of New York this year. Uh, man, 
you know, I know that we might not see it as much in the mainstream um, media, but how is the New York media treating these two teams right now? Uh, not that great, I would imagine. Um, you know, th they're sort of lucky in the fact that we fall into an election cycle and we have COVID and we have the holidays coming up. So it's easy to ignore them. And I think a lot of the New York team, the New York media has ignored them. But yeah, they are definitely feeling it. I don't think it's as bad as it would be uh, in a normal year. I, th I think they're used to um, to the uh, losing now, especially with the Knicks, yeah. the Jets, the Giants. I mean, the only good thing to have is the Yankees. You know, the Mets are losers too. So I mean, it's one of those things where when you when you when you get used to things and and it becomes the norm. You know, I, I don't, I think they're used to it now, you know. I think they, you know, their, their only hope is, uh, you know, the Yankees and the Nets. Yeah. The Brooklyn Nets. Um, yeah, more of the same for New York, you know. I, I look forward to seeing my Bucks on Monday Night Football. That should be fun. It won't be fun for New York Giants fans, but, hey, that's their problem. Hey, but, they'll take that Super Bowl window against Brady. They'll take it. Twice. Twice. Yes. Hey, th this is the Brady revenge game. That is right? true. Yeah. Is this very is his revenge game. And this is one game away from Antonio Brown coming, coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, yes. Mike Evans, enjoy your, your last game with over five targets. Talk, talking about the best receiver from 2010 to now. Yeah, and now they got him on the cheap. And hey, as long as he behaves, you know, if I were if I were Tom Brady, I would house him in my basement and watch his every step. He's been he's been quiet too. AB's been quiet. So I mean, you know, yeah. hopefully he's changed and, and and you're right, this is this will be the only thing that will stop him from becoming successful is himself. And he needs to and, and, and he, he needs to be surrounded by the right people. And I think Tom Brady is a good influence on him. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just to bring it back to the New York teams, uh, it is the anniversary of one of my favorite uh, New York Jets moments. Um, <laughs> I think we all know what we're talking about. The, the Herm Edwards interview, probably one of my, uh, my favorite ones. You play to win the game. I, I did not know. Maybe they should remind both New York teams that that's what they do. I don't even I, think they know that they're playing football. I, play, I literally thought you were going to say butt fumble. Uh, no, it, it is uh, the you play <laughs> to win the game. At the time, they were one and four, and they finished 10 and six. Hello. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you play to win the game. Great moment. But all right, you guys, that's our show. Hope you enjoy it. Check that waiver wire. And you know, you get an extra hour of sleep, which also means you get an extra hour to make sure your lineup is prime for Sunday. So check your lineups, check your waiver wire, and have a good Sunday. All right, you guys, happy Halloween. Trick or treat.
Have a good one.